0: and equips you to be like Christ in all aspects of your life. Enjoy today's message.
1: Oh, church, what a joy and what a privilege for us to be here together as we continue to worship the name of the Lord this morning. Amen. And I want to take this time to welcome and greet each one of you in the sweet and holy name of our Lord and Savior. And it's been such a joy and such a privilege for us to be here again, uh, After nearly four weeks where we sat in front of a TV screen and we were worshipping the Lord. And once again it got reiterated, reaffirmed within my heart and my spirit that virtual church is no church. (laughs) It is when the people of God come together, we step on each other's toes here probably, we are shouting at each other not shouting at each other. We are shouting in in, in worship. Man, this is church because that's what the church means. Where two or three are gathered in my name, I will be in their midst. Amen. That's the promise that Jesus gave. Amen. And I want to take this time, church, for thanking you all for praying for us. We had a very fruitful and peaceful trip uh, by all means, especially in the middle of the pandemic that we are in. Uh, we, we wanted uh, both the families, especially by the Sabu John and his wife Suja, they thank the church for praying for their son as wedding Justin, who got married last month, 26th. On the 30th, Sister Mary Kuti Matthew's daughter, Jolie, also got married, and they also expressed their sincere thanks to the church. So this morning, church, I just uh, wanted to convey that uh, thanks to all of you for standing in the gap and praying for them, and also praying for us as uh, God brought us back safely. And we thank God for God's protection uh, over everyone over the last several weeks. After coming here, we realized that many a few families in our church again got positive with COVID, and we thank God that God is touching them and God is healing them. This morning, Brother Sajit sent a text message thanking the church for standing in the gap and praying for him, his wife, and Nehemiah that the Lord has delivered them. God willing, next Sunday, they want to resume back for worship. Sajitha in the so, also, Brother Bincy si also shared that their family is recovering. The children have recovered, and Sister Sheba is also on the way to recovery. And they also express their thanks to the church for standing in the gap and Brother, praying for them. Brother Binsi, at the same time, we also remember Brother Baiju in Forney, and uh, he's, he's been tested positive with COVID. Let's continue to pray for that family that God will be with them and touch them and heal them. So also in the city, uh, I have never met Pastor Stephen Wargis, who is a pastor of Sharon Fellowship Church in Mesquite. He's been diagnosed with COVID and his family and several families in the church are tested positive. Uh, church it behooves us as a body of Christ to remember them and lift them up before the throne room of grace, that God will touch them and heal all those families as well. When we are praying in our prayer step prayer lines, we're not just primarily praying for our church body alone, but we are praying for the entire nation and all the nations that are still reeling under the aftermath of COVID-19. Amen. This morning, Church, let's continue to renew our uh, our affirmation that we will stand in the gap and pray for everyone amen hallelujah so i just want to entreat you and encourage you to be part of the ministries that we have the the friday evening student ministry the sunday morning sunday school the children's church the sunday morning worship services so also live group ministry which has started from last month many of the live groups are meeting in the next few weeks so continue to be part and parcel of all those ministries. amen hallelujah this morning uh, let's go to the word of God uh, in this month as a body of Christ we are seeing parables we are learning from parables we started off with the parable of the good samaritan as pastor Freddie brought the message to us last week pastor linson taught us from the parable of the vineyard jesus the master storyteller used parables to teach Almost one third of his teachings are found in parables. The very word parable which comes from the Greek means to lay things side by side in comparison and making the truth known to the hearers. Oftentimes, in the most simplest explanation is using earthly means to convey a spiritual meaning. But I'm not going to be able a do When you look at the parables of Jesus, there are some common characters that you can find in the parables of Jesus. It always begins with something that is very familiar to these hearers in the Palestinian uh, surroundings. From the very familiar, it will move to the unfamiliar from the very mundane the very common things that they can find around them from there Jesus will walk them through to a spiritual meaning of the unknown of the kingdom of God and every parable Either there is a clear cut description as to what you must do after that. Let him who has ears hear what the Spirit is saying. Or go and do likewise. And sometimes the parable doesn't say that, but it is implied in the meaning that this parable is shared so that we will learn the lesson and live accordingly. Amen, hallelujah. So parables, as I said in the beginning, Almost one-third of Jesus teachings can be found in the parables. For us to understand parables we need to understand at least three or four significant things. Then only the parables become meaningful to us. When you begin to read one of the parables of Jesus. In the synoptic gospels In the Matthew, Mark, and Luke, you have more than 50 plus parables of Jesus. First and foremost, understand the social, historical, and cultural aspects of the parable. Number two, realize this. There is always one main teaching point of the parable. Third, remember that To whom was this parable mentioned? Sometimes Jesus spoke to his disciples. Sometimes he spoke to the crowds. Sometimes he spoke to the Jewish religious leaders. Another aspect of the parable is this if there is a repetition in the parable that means that is the most key element of the parable that is the most key element of the parable So these are some of the aspects that you and I begin to understand and know then when we read a parable, it becomes all the more important to us. We can learn lessons from the parables. This morning, using those same principles and functionality of a parable, let's come to the Gospel of Luke chapter 13. And this is a parable that Jesus spoke the parable of the barren fig tree. And the main theme of this parable is that Jesus to And the main theme of this parable is that Jesus is calling his hearers to repentance. We will go through the parable first and then I will lay out the context in which Jesus speaks this parable. Why would Jesus speak this parable? If you have your Bibles with me, let's turn to Luke chapter 13, verse 6 to 9. And he told this parable, a man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. And he said to the wine dresser, look, for three years now I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and I find none. Cut it down. Why should it use up the ground? verse 8 and he answered him sir let it alone this year also until i dig around it and put on manure then if it should bear fruit next year well and good but if not, you can cut it down. Father God, we just thank and praise you for this blessed time, Lord. Even as we come, Lord, with this scripture passage, Holy Spirit stir hearts In areas that we need to repent, O oh God, we need to come before you, Lord, and ask forgiveness, O oh God. Allow us to know those areas, O oh God. Many a times, Lord, we are like this victory, barren, Lord, unproductive, Lord, fruitless. You have invested so much in us, Lord. But we fail to realize that oh god subram, 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 subram. allow holy spirit this morning that may we be under the unction of the holy spirit as we listen to this parable of god and learn from you lord so that we may walk subram. out of this place we may walk out of this service of god knowing well that the holy spirit is speaking to our hearts bless us lord together in jesus name and all of god's people say amen amen and amen amen church let's look at this parable First and foremost, Jesus is speaking this parable to the crowd. We can safely conclude from verse 6 onwards that this is not spoken primarily to the disciples, neither to the Jewish religious leaders, but he is speaking this parable to the entire audience who were before him. In other words, he's speaking to the Jewish nation. And victory in the Old Testament you can find is alluded to the the nation of Israel. Can you turn your attention to Jeremiah chapter 24 verses 1 to 10? there when you read you begin to see that both victory and with wines they represent the people of Israel Jeremiah chapter 24 verse um one onwards we can read but uh verse two uh, Verse 1, it says like this, And the Lord showed me this vision. Behold, two baskets of figs placed before the temple of the Lord. One basket had very good figs, like first ripe figs, but the other basket had very bad figs, so bad that they could not be eaten. And the Lord said to me, What do you see, Jeremiah? I said, figs, the good figs, very good, and the bad figs, very bad, so bad that they cannot be eaten. And the word of the Lord came to me, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Like these good figs, I will regard as good the exiles from Judah, whom I have sent away from this place to the land of the Chaldeans. I will set my eyes on them for good, and I will bring them back to this land. I will build them up and not tear them down. I will plan them and not uproot them. I will give them a heart to know that I am the Lord, and they shall be my people, and I will be their gods, for they shall return to me with their whole heart. Yahoo and Tatipum, Yahovedam and Will Vacher in the Karnichu, or you could talk a Tiperum Mateco tail, a tree magatum thin man, Padila to the one chitimaia tiparum diano, Yahove no other, Iremiawe and the Khan in the Chodichu, Adriana Atipadum, Nale at chiti Tak betul macam re. Ini nahlle ati peram boleh jangan bijak ini kim. Nyalah mereka desa mereka bini kuntu berem. Nyalah mereka panie impolitikalai illa, abad ini nado paricikalai illa. Jangan ekowayen, jangan arivan takka. Kredit yang abad ini abadnya You read Hosea chapter 9 verse 10 also, you can find the same idea that the victory represents the people of Israel. Three words that I want to share with you from this parable. Number one, privilege. Number two, patience. Third, prospect. First of all, This parable teaches us the high privilege that this victory has in the vineyard. It is usual or it is unusual, we can say, for someone to plant a victory in a vineyard. My, my remembrance goes back to an incident in 1994 when we were doing a cycle rally. We went to vineyards in Tamil Nadu. We visited this, uh, this vineyard full of m- m- ripe wines there and we enjoyed the fruit of the wines there but i could not see any tree that was there enough that can give shade to this fig- to this wine from you lift up your eyes and you see you can see only the beautifully laid out beautiful pillared you know wines laying out before you in acres and acres of land but when you read this parable you begin to see that it was a choice of the owner of this vineyard that he wanted to place a a, a victory in the middle of his vineyard if he placed it in the middle of the vineyard that means it, it, he had a great desire he had a great love for this and he wanted that this victory would bear its fruit. He has places in the vineyard so that it can receive the nutrients along with the wines there. And it can can produce fruits. Valuable for the owner. So number one, the high privilege of the victory is to be seen in the very choice of the owner to have a victory planted in his vineyard. A second high privilege of this victory is this. There was someone to plead for this victory. When the owner came and he didn't see fruit, he said, cut it down. Normally it takes three years for a victory to bear fruit. So from the time of its planting, maybe three plus another three more years, that this owner has been coming, looking for fruit on this fig tree. So he gave his answer, cut it down, while he is using up the ground. The nutrients that we are giving to it, it is becoming useless, it is Using up the ground, cut it down. But look at the privilege of this victory. Someone comes to intercede for the victory. The wine dresser, the gardener comes and says, Master, let it be alone for one more year. The privilege or the victory that someone is there to plead for him. Yet another privilege for the victory is to be seen. It is also being provided for. But not only for the last three years that as the master has seen it growing, but now for the next three years of the unfruitful period also it has been provided for. But now again, he's going to give you another year. And what does the what does the gardener say? I am going to till around its soil. And I will see that the soil becomes loose. And then I will pour water into it. And I will put fertilizer into it. And because the soil has been moved, removed now, this fertilizer and water is going to go deep down to its root. Everything that is necessary for this this victory, I will provide for this. Even though it is fruitless, even though it is unproductive, yet it is being provided for. That's the privilege of being that victory in the vineyard. Hallelujah, so, as Jesus is speaking this parable, the listeners they understand the implication of this message. Last week, the Holy Spirit reminded us from Isaiah chapter five as Pastor Linson was sharing. God is saying that I brought a choice wine and I planted it. I planted it in the land of Palestine. <laughs> (laughs) a land over which my eyes were always there a land of promise that I promised to give to them their ancestors I brought them and I planted them I dug well around them I I dug I lifted walls around them I protected them I gave the provisions for them every high privilege that this tree needed I have given it it. it. was God's choice. It was God's selection. It was God's intercession. It was God's provision. Everything a high privilege for the victory. Church, this morning as the Holy Spirit reminds us to be planted in the vineyard of God. It was not by accident that we are planted there. It was not by a chance that you just came to be part of the vineyard of God. It was His choice. It was His plan. Hallelujah. And as you begin to see this, Think about the provisions and the privileges that he has given us. Once we were in darkness, once we were in darkness, once we were outside of the commonwealth of Israel, once we were outside of the covenant promises, once we had no connection whatsoever with the patriarchs, once we had no connection, with Jesus Christ but thanks be to God he brought us together into his vineyard giving us a high privilege out of darkness into the marvelous light for what? for what? that we can praise him so that we can magnify him so that we can can exalt His his name high privilege of God's protection, provision is given to us. This victory had everything going good for it. Yet, it was unproductive. Sometimes victories are bearing bad fruit, sometimes it is unproductive. Both of them God doesn't like. Secondly, what we find in this parable, you find the patience of the owner. Not from the very first time that it was planted there. No, no, from the very first time it was planted there. He has been patiently waiting for fruit. The first three years the first three years it was a growing phase he was just waiting so that it will come to the point where it will start bearing fruit so after the third year from that year onwards it is coming, he is coming he's coming to seek fruit in that the fourth year the fifth year the sixth year he's seeking fruit can you just see this owner who is so patiently looking out and watching out for this victory Even though it is becoming unproductive, he is still waiting on it. You see the long suffering and the patience of this owner. Now after six years, it is still unproductive. And when the wine dresser or the owner of the gardener pleads, he is allowing it to remain for another one more year. So seven years of patience. Waiting, waiting, waiting in patience. Sometimes we take for granted the long suffering of God, isn't it? The Bible teaches us like this. But God is merciful. Slow to anger. Abounding in love. Slow to anger. So sometimes we take for granted the slowness of God to anger. Seven years have passed by. But look at the patience of the owner. In 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 9, the word of God reminds us like this the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance church this morning don't take for granted the patience of God. I mean, in this ability, that's like because kind of, uh, someone is pleading for you and for me because someone is standing in the gap and interceding for you and for me and I have told this many times here on this stage we have two intercessors who are always interceding for us Jesus at the right hand of the father he is interceding for you and for me 24-7 there is another intercessor on the face of this earth he is interceding at the doorsteps of your heart that's the Holy Spirit so God, Son and the Holy Spirit together we are being interceded for between the intercession of these two hallelujah you and I are safe everyday Or if we have been safe until this very moment, it is only because of His intercession, because of His mercy, because of His grace, hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the patience of God. He just wants us to repent. We may bear fruit for Him. The third word that we find that I want to share with you is the word called prospect. What is the prospect for this victory? There are two things that can happen to it. Number one, it can repent and bear fruit. Or secondly, it can still be in the state of rebellion and... Just be unproductive. But remember, the owner had already spoken, cut it down. It is using up the ground. Church, you and I have no business, no business to abuse the long-sufferingness of God. Hallelujah. And never take for granted the grace of God. Never take for granted the mercy of God. There is always a limit to the grace and mercy of God. Because there is a prospect that a divine judgment could come as all the hearers are listening to the parable of Jesus each one of them are seeing themselves as a victory how carefully God has taken care of me how much God cares for me He has placed me in the most precious place He has kept me in a privileged position but I am not producing fruit for Him So the parable is calling that they must repent. (laughs) This is the big idea, big picture that Luke wants to paint before the people. John the Baptist came preaching a preaching a message of repentance. Jesus came and preached a preaching a message of repentance. Now the church is also preaching a message of repentance. It always comes Continues, the church has been called to preach a message of repentance. Hallelujah. Why would Jesus use this parable? I want to take you to chapter 13, verse 1 to 5. That story paints the context in which Jesus is sharing this parable. There were some present at that very time who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And he answered them, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all other Galileans? No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you will always likewise perish. And then Jesus goes on, Those 18 on whom the tower of Shilom fell, do you think that they were worse sinners? allah i tell you the truth that's the message that is coming clear out to the ears two incidents we don't know the historical narrative. We don't find that in the Bible. We It says that Pilate was ruling Jerusalem at that time. And Pilate was known to be a barbaric and ruthless ruler. We also know that he was a time, he was ruling when Jesus was crucified. The only soap sign of him that we saw in the narrative of Jesus is that his wife came and said, do not have anything to do with this holy man because I suffered a lot in my dream because of him. He was so ruthless that Rome had to eventually ask him to come back. Jerusalem had always suffered for lack of water. So, Pilate wanted to build a project of aqueducts whereby water can be brought from outside. But Pilate didn't want to use any of the money of the Rome, he wanted to use the money that came into the treasury of the temple. And you know that Jews will stand up when they know that this money is being used to prepare for aqueducts, because aqueducts are swimming pools that Roman Empire would love to use water for. So a mob collected in Jerusalem and they wanted to oppose this project of uh, of Pilate. And Pilate had commanded the soldiers to, to to disguise themselves and go among the crowds and when he had a signal that to try to quell that mob there. Some Galileans who were there, they came to worship in Jerusalem. Poor Galileans, they also got swept in into this mob and as as a, as a beating as a persecution started there as the soldiers began to kill people many Galileans died in this in the in the in that in that uh, tragedy so their blood was being sprinkled or their blood was shed right when they sacrifices were being offered in the temple. That's what the meaning of their bloods were mingled with the sacrifices. doesn't mean that their bloods were mingled with the sacrifice, but that their blood was shed right at that point when sacrifices were being made in Jerusalem. So people would normally naturally ask, what happened to these poor Galenians who came to worship God? Why did this happen to them? A natural question that rises from our mind also. If I am a God-fearer, if I am a God-server, if I am a God-worshipper, why this is this happening to us? The second group of people, Jesus Jesus himself says, 18 people died when the tower fell on them. So some people, without listening to any of these things, they were building this aqueducts and part of the project was there when this tower fell and 18 of them died. So people would naturally say, They took the money from the temple and built an aqueduct. So therefore, the wrath of God has come upon them and they all died. They were not supposed to be using that money for that purpose. Therefore, the wrath of God came. So there is a lot of theological questions that is going on in the mind of these hearers. If I am good, why bad things are happening to me? Why my baby died when I am serving serving God? If I am serving God, why my husband has to die? So, so many questions and thousands of questions can be multiplied to the problem of evil. Because in the, every time you raise those questions, you are questioning the goodness of God and His omnipotence the power of God. So Jesus can see the anticipation in the mind of these people that they want to find an answer from Him. Would would He open up the mystery that we all sometimes struggle in our life? if I am faithfully serving God why am I going through suffering hallelujah and this is question that we often ask Jesus doesn't stick around to give them an answer for that. Jesus points them towards something that they must also do. Repent. Repent. Don't wait upon the, the theological answers for this, but you also need to repent. So that's the that's a clarion call of Jesus to his hearers. And that's why he brought out this parable to them. Look at this victory kept in a very privileged position and it has been been provided for it has been watched over it has been given all its blessings yet it remains unproductive yet it remains unfruitful the master is waiting patiently the master is looking out patiently but his patience will run over over. His patience will run over. <laughs> but before that he's giving you one more chance he's giving you one more season he's giving you one more year he's giving you one more message he's giving you one more Sunday he's giving you one more fellowship this morning church the message is simple and clear repent repent Be reconciled to God come closer to God so that blessings may come upon you so that fruitfulness may happen in your life hallelujah he told them this parable this parable doesn't end with say go and do likewise this parable also doesn't have the clear word he who has an ear, let him hear. But so the emphasis is clear. Repent. Church, in theology, when you study theology, there are two, two kinds of repentance. One is called, the repentance called attrition. Attrition. That the, the, the repentance of attrition is this, you are afraid of the consequences. You are afraid of the punishment, therefore you repent. You are driven by you are driven to repentance because you are scared of what may happen. If I do this, God may beat me. If I do this, God may put me to hell. But the other repentance is a repentance called contrition. It's called it's contrition. That kind of a repentance is where you, you say, I have broken the heart of God we are truly awakened in our heart by saying in my doing these things I repent and come before God because I know That my actions have broken the very heart of God. We are grievously, we are grievously offended our creator. My sorrow is real sorrow. It is not just a mere sorry. But I am broken because of. I mean, I know that I have broken the heart of God that's what Psalm 51 is all about David cries out before God Lord I have sinned against you, Again, you against you only have I sinned Lord please forgive me Lord I repent in dust and in ashes Lord do not take away the Holy Spirit spirit from me restore unto me the joy of your salvation this morning church do we repent because we think that I am afraid of the consequences of it? it is just like a child who puts his hand in the cookie jar and the mother comes and says the child cries out Dad, mom, sorry, sorry, don't spank me. Is it that kind of repentance? Because the child is not afraid, truly sorry for it, but the child is afraid because he knows, he understands the consequences that is going to come. Jesus reminding his hearers Don't you think about These 18 Galileans died Or those people who died whose bloods were mingled Don't think that they were worse sinners It is time for you to repent R.C. Sproul and eminent apologist who taught theology for more than 50, 60 years would say like this. He said, I have heard thousands of questions that people have asked with regard to the problem of evil and suffering. And sometimes I tell them, I don't know. But then every time I remind them also, Look to the cross. Your father understands what suffering is all about. Look to the sun. Who is dying on the cross? Father's heart understands the pain of suffering. But then RC Sproul says something like this RC Sproul. I have never heard this question when people say, Why did God you save me? Why did you save me? Nobody asked that question, Lord, why have you saved me? Last Saturday is when we celebrated the 20th anniversary of the World Trade Center. More than 3,000 people died in that day. A few months ago we were able to visit that place and see the names of people inscribed on the monuments there but you may have heard the story of one Sujo John who has come here and shared his testimony also he was also in one of the hundred stories there but the Lord saved him on that day from the great tragedy Lord why did you save me why did you save me? Why did you save me from this tragedy? And the Lord reminded him. I have a purpose for you. I have a plan for you. I want you to be productive. I want you to be fruitful. Church this morning can we ask I want more than asking why this suffering, Lord, why did you save me? Am I living for your purposes, O God? Am I living for your plans, O God? Am I being fruitful in your, in your vineyard, O God? I think, I think about my privileges, O God. Second generation, third generation, fourth generation, Pentecostal believers. You have placed me in a fertile ground, Lord. I using my gifts and talents for your kingdom.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If there is anything we can do to continue equipping you in your pursuit to be like Jesus, then please do not hesitate to reach out to us on our website at metrochurch.us. Also, if you found today's message to be inspiring and informative, then please share it with your family and friends and leave a review on this podcast platform or on our website. Again, thank you for joining us. We are so grateful for you. Have a great week and God bless you and your family.